Welcome to the Nourishment Mindset Podcast, your guide to good food, good health, and a good life. And now, here's your host, Nutrition Network Advisor and author of the Nourishment Mindset, Dixie Huey. transformation Tuesday y'all welcome to or back to the nourishment mindset podcast where we are on a metabolic mission to help you achieve vitality and reverse and prevent chronic lifestyle conditions using real whole foods straight talk and the pleasures of the table Today's topic is harmonizing with your hormones. And no, for some of you, maybe you have your mind elsewhere. <laughs> she said hormones, Beavis and Butthead. Thank you, brothers. They introduced me to Beavis and Butthead. I'm not talking about sex hormones. I'm talking about different hormones, but I will say your sex hormones are affected by what you eat and your lifestyle. Today's solo cast focus is on three hormones. They are called ghrelin, leptin, lay off, and insulin. So these three hormones are critically important to your metabolic health, and how you feel throughout the day. So let's start with number one, ghrelin, grr. Why do I say grr? Well, this hormone, ghrelin, tells you to eat. It's released mainly by the stomach, but it's also found in your small intestine, pancreas, and your brain. So when you start to get those hunger signals, so maybe you're a little bit low energy or shaky, your blood sugar's low, you just have that rumbling in the tummy. Ghrelin is turned on and says, hey, yo, it's time to eat. It's time for some nutrition. So that's ghrelin. And that's why I use ger because that's what helps me remember it. Grr, I'm hungry. All right, the second hormone I wanna talk about is leptin. And I remember this one by lay off. This hormone is made by our adipose tissue. Adipose tissue is a fancy way of saying fat cells, okay? So leptin is made by your fat cells and it regulates your appetite, your satiety, as in feeling like you've had enough fullness level and it regulates your energy balance. So the thing to know about leptin is that when someone is obese and has too much stored energy, AKA body fat, there is often a decreased sensitivity to this hormone called leptin. This is why Dr. Jason Fung, the author of Obesity Code and others, he is a Canadian nephrologist. He is a huge proponent of intermittent fasting. And one of the things that he says, and you have to kind of really listen to what I'm saying here. He says, we eat too much because we are getting fat. Now think on that. He doesn't say, Funk doesn't say, we get fat because we're overeating. That's what we've all been told. Eat less, move more. Let's just pause for a minute and take a breath. 
Fong is saying we eat too much because we're getting fat. So Fung understands that there is a whole lot going on with hormones inside the body. And if you have not read The Obesity Code, I highly recommend this book. It's very readable. If you're not a reader, you can look Jason Fung up on the internet, Dr. Jason Fung. He's got all kinds of talks. He may even have a TED talk, but this guy understands harmonizing with your hunger hormones. So, ghrelin, rather, grr, leptin, lay off. These are critical pieces of the metabolic puzzle. And if we think about it, a lot of people who are struggling with metabolic health or maybe body fat, they feel like, oh, well, I'm lazy. I just, I should work harder. I should restrict more. I should exercise more, burn those calories. But what no one ever talks about is we do have this complex hormonal system that helps regulate when we eat ghrelin and leptin. But there's another really important piece of the metabolic hormone puzzle. But before I get into that third piece, I wanna just emphasize that if you mess with these hormones, you will have a messed up metabolism slash metabolic health. So let's think about what might mess with these hormones, these hunger hormones. Well, the number one thing is going to be food, right? Are you eating real whole foods that are nutrient dense or are you eating ultra processed metabolic wrecking balls, seed oils, canola, corn, um, cottonseed, soybean, safflower, sunflower, rice bran, grapeseed. These vegetables slash seed oils are metabolic wrecking balls. You need to go to episode 39, just the last time where I talk about this. It's so important to avoid these seed oils because they interfere with satiety signaling, AKA ghrelin, grr, and leptin lay off. So getting these inflammatory oils out of your diet, out of your regime can really help harmonize with your hormones. Other things you can do, focus on stress management. So have some joy in your life, do breath work, do yoga, do meditation, do something to help you de-stress. Even if it's just chilling, sitting with your eyes closed for five minutes every day at the beginning of the day, and maybe when things get stressful. Removing toxins from your environment. I did a prior podcast with Beth Greer where we talked about all the different toxins in the environment. You can search for that. Also sleep, really prioritizing your sleep. This can help. But I would say that the, the most actionable one here is getting that ultra processed gunk out of your diet. Because these foods, y'all, and we, again, I mentioned this in episode 39 last week, they are created to be addictive. But not only that, they interfere with this hormone signaling. So it's not, oh, I'm lazy and I just lack motivation. It's that you're essentially your hormones have been hijacked by these shit foods. So get them out of your diet and harmonize with your hormones. This is why real whole foods are critical. 
Now, there's a third very important hormone and Travis the Nuke, who is sitting underneath me got so excited because he knows what I'm talking about. He just started, he's doing it again. Yep, he's he's scratching his paws on the floor. <laughs> this hormone is insulin. This bad boy insulin is critical for your metabolic health. It is produced by the pancreas and it's released after you eat to help regulate blood glucose. This is a normal process. Insulin is there for a reason. So I eat a meal, my blood glucose or blood sugar elevates, insulin enters, and it just brings the blood sugar back down. This is great. We, we don't want to muck with that. That's a natural process. But here's the thing. When I eat a very high carbohydrate meal, think of your starches, sugar, the worst upon the worst is soda. Boom, the blood sugar shoots up. Insulin's gotta come in. It's gotta tamp that blood sugar down. And this is where you get that roller coaster effect. So if I'm eating glucose sugar throughout the day, the insulin, I'm always tapping my insulin. It's gotta come out. It's gotta mitigate the effects. So here's the other thing to know. Insulin is a fat storage hormone. So again, it is normal to release insulin after you eat to bring blood glucose down. However, does this make you think of anything? Because what I think of when I think about the fact that insulin is a fat storage hormone is the shitty advice that a lot of us have been given time and time again, especially by nutritionists and other health guru weirdos to eat five to six small low fat meals per day, graze like a horse out in the pasture. This is BS y'all because of what I just said about insulin. So every time you eat, and when I say eat, I mean consume calories or energy. So this could be drinks. Okay. Every time you tap that switch, insulin's got to come out and tamp down the glucose. So this is why you don't want to muck with your insulin. You don't want to mess with your pancreas. Eating five to six small meals a day makes your pancreas have to work five to six times per day to get that blood glucose in check. So contrast that with two to three, what old school, what your grandma would call square meals a day. And you begin to see why the pancreas prefers this. No one really wants to work overtime. The pancreas certainly doesn't want to work overtime either. So this is why that frequent grazing of low fat meals aka high carb does not work for most people because we want to enjoy natural dietary fat a few two to three times per day with our meals that helps keep the blood sugar down that helps mitigate the need for insulin to come out and flatten out that line you want to not have a blood sugar roller coaster you do not want to be tapping the pancreas for insulin throughout the day. 
So let's think about, here we are in the United States of America, at least 50% of us have either type two diabetes or what is called pre-diabetes. Now, in a previous episode, I have not been shy. This is the whole straight talk part of the nourishment mindset. I have not been shy. My personal opinion is if you have issues with blood glucose, you have diabetes, AKA the term pre-diabetes is shit. It's like sort of being pregnant. If you have pre-diabetes, you are knocking on diabetes door. So let's just call it what it is. It's type two diabetes. It's the beginning of that. We can't be sort of pregnant and we can't sort of have diabetes. Now, this is, most people do not agree with me on this and it's fine, but I was raised all a spade a spade. So even more people than the 50% that I just mentioned are what we call insulin resistance. This is when the pancreas is working overtime. Remember what I said? We don't wanna work overtime. No one wants to work overtime. The pancreas doesn't wanna work overtime. And it means that your cells are not using energy properly. Insulin resistance is at the heart of chronic lifestyle conditions. Think cancer, think any kind of issue, type two diabetes, obesity, et cetera. All of these lifestyle conditions, root cause, when you get down to the fundamentals are insulin resistance. So the goal when you want to improve or optimize your metabolic health is the opposite of insulin resistance. It is insulin sensitivity. So how do we increase our sensitivity to that fat storage hormone, insulin? Well, number one, we decrease the number of feeding times in a day because then we're not tapping the pancreas multiple times per day. That helps flatten this roller coaster and it keeps your pancreas from being pissed off. The other ways that you can increase your insulin sensitivity, okay, not to be confused with insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is that root cause of chronic lifestyle conditions, rather. What you want is insulin sensitivity. So in addition to decreasing your feeding time, so ignore the nutritionist who says five to six small low-fat meals a day, eat two to three times a day. And when you eat, eat and make sure that there's naturally nourishing dietary fat. And after that, stop, lay off, give your system a break. Focus on real whole foods. You know, I was going to say that I had to put that in somewhere. These really help harmonize with your hormones. They speak the same language as ghrelin and leptin. So you want to harmonize with your hormones. Other things you can do, prioritize good sleep. I have an episode all about getting your Zs and optimizing Zs. Stress management. Next solo cast is gonna be on breath work and how this can help you with stress management. And of course, exercise. I have said in the past, exercise is not a good way to lose weight. It's a wonderful way. My favorite aspect of exercise, other than the huge mood enhancements, is insulin sensitivity increase. So these things can help you increase your insulin sensitivity, aka prevent 
diabetes, and blood sugar issues. So it's a lot of talk about hormones. Here's the key takeaway, y'all. Stop pissing off your pancreas. Stop pissing off your hormones. Get rid of the ultra-processed food. Get rid of the grazing. You're not a horse or a cow out in the field. Let's eat two to three real whole food meals per day with natural dietary fat, not stanky seed oils. And then stop and allow your body to do what it was built to do. So in closing, this is a pro tip, okay? Next time you're at the doctor, your primary provider, and you are he or she is ordering labs for you, you want to make sure you must ask for it. Almost no provider runs this. Fasting insulin. If you're going to get stuck and get vampired, you might as well know what your fasting insulin is. The problem is most providers don't run it. I'm sure they understand what it is, but for whatever reason, they don't run it. Maybe they don't want to know. Maybe it's too scary, but you must know, and you want your fasting insulin to be under eight, but really y'all, again, back to the straight talk, what do you really want it to be? You want it to be under five. I'm just being real. The reference range on this freaking test goes up to 20. That's BS. That's sort of pregnant, pre-diabetes, faux show. What you want is under five. Now let's say you come back, you're eight, you're 10. You know what? It's okay. Because this is one of the only crystal balls <laughs> in the metabolic health world. Fasting insulin is elevated way before you have any kind of blood glucose test that you quote fail, whether that be a fasting glucose, your blood sugar, or whether that be an A1C, a three month average of your blood sugar. So you wanna make absolutely sure that that fasting insulin is in check. And this is your crystal ball into your metabolic health so that you can remain free of blood glucose issues, AKA type two diabetes. And y'all, this is a condition you do not want. It affects every cell in your body. And if left undealt with, it only worsens over time. From this condition, you can experience eyesight problems, including blindness, neuropathy, nerve pain, gout, people receive amputations, kidney problems, heart disease, and stroke. So type two diabetes is no joke. It is an extremely serious condition. And unfortunately, a lot of people who receive this diagnosis are told by their provider, you have a chronic lifestyle condition and you need to exercise more and eat less and you need to take all these medicines and we're sorry and we don't know why this happened and yada, yada. This is BS. This is a condition and I'm not talking about type one diabetes, which is an autoimmune condition where your body is not producing insulin. Type two diabetes is a lifestyle condition because you have an intolerance to carbohydrates. The treatment for this is to reduce drastically 
the carbohydrates to which you are intolerant. So same with me, I have a wheat allergy. The treatment is not to take antihistamine and eat a bunch of bread. The treatment is to avoid wheat. <laughs> so the treatment for blood glucose issues, type two diabetes, is to drastically reduce the carbohydrates to which you are intolerant. And this is how you can reverse this condition, get off medication, find your vitality again. It's super worth it. So I thank y'all for being a part of the nourishment mindset. Everyone deserves the opportunity to lead a vibrant and vital life. And that is why I do this. I wanna bring this information to you. I also wanna call your attention to a review of my book that is super flattering and fun. So this is a publisher called Celine River Press who bought, thank you, Celine River Press, um, copies of my book to sell on their website. And this is what they say. This is just a part of the review. Here at SRP, Celine River Press, we've been thinking about an old proverb. You know the one, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. Dixie Lee Huey's The Nourishment Mindset is a bit like that proverbial fish. Nourishment can sustain you, but with a nourishment mindset, you can sustain yourself for a lifetime. With lofty aims to end American diet culture, I always say diet rhymes with riot, because hey, someone needs to do it. Dixie doesn't just challenge our conventional thinking about food, she dares us to radically change it and change it we must. Americans have become divorced from the pleasure and the nourishment food is meant to deliver. Our nourishment mindset right now, I would say our mindset now is mindless, obsessed with convenience, and to anyone paying attention, really unhealthy. So y'all, again, I wrote this book to help people cultivate a mindset of nourishment. Duh, it's in the title. So what is nourishment? Nourishment is giving your body what it needs to thrive. So of course, real whole foods, sleep, mindfulness, all of these wonderful things, sunlight, movement, you got it. But the nourishment mindset is mostly, I would say, I'm focused on food because food is where we have gotten it so uh, effed up, to put it mildly. Food is where if you focus there, let's say you can't focus on all the other things, I would say focus on the food, real whole food, ditch the ultra processed stuff, watch your health flourish and return. So if you haven't bought the book, please do so. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it on Celine River Press, which has a ton of awesome holistic nutrition books. That's why I wanted to be there. Thank you, Stephanie and team. Or you can buy it on my website, favorfat.com. If you want to sign copy or you want to give a gift to someone, that's where you go. It's the same price as on Amazon, $19.95. You can find me on social media. Just look for Nourishment Mindset on Instagram, YouTube. If you're on LinkedIn, it's my name, Dixie Huey. 
And y'all, in closing, if you have a topic, that I love listener questions and topics. So keep those coming. You can get in touch with me via the website or any of those social media links. And I appreciate y'all. I hope you have a wonderfully nourished couple of weeks. As a reminder, I'm doing this bi-weekly now. So I will see you in two weeks. And I look forward to it. Santé.